I think that the more that we're around these types of uncomfortabilities, um, the more familiar we get with them, the more we're able to identify them, the more that we're able to be a little bit more comfortable with them. Hey, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Hey Mark, the podcast where I, Mark, get to have open and authentic conversations about topics like mental health and self-development. I'm hoping that this podcast brings you new perspectives, new ways of thinking, or at the very least, can entertain you. Let's jump straight into this conversation. What I wanted to talk about today is, you know, a stage in your life that everyone kind of goes through. I feel like everybody in the world goes through this and it's kind of hard to explain and it can be kind of summarized by saying you're uncomfortable being alone, but I'm going to try my best to describe this situation a little bit better so you can kind of understand where I'm coming from when I start to explain, you know, maybe the solution or what worked for me in the past. So bear with me. So I'll try and describe somebody to you and then you can, you know, think about that and let me know if you've, you know, ever experienced this yourself or had a friend experience this. And I'm going to, you know, put my money on the, on the uh, option that you've probably experienced this yourself or know someone that has. Because um, like I said, I think everyone goes through this at some point in their life and it's normal. I should add that as well. It's, it's completely expected. You shouldn't feel bad if you're in this time of your life. Um, I'm just gonna try my best to tell you what happened when I was in that time of my life and what helped me out with it. So, you know, maybe you know somebody like this or maybe you're this person right now, but basically someone that, you know, struggles being alone. Um, you know, typically they have been in a long-term, like a constant toxic relationship with someone in their life, probably a loved one, probably someone they're dating or uh, it could be a parent, it could be anyone really. Uh, or if it's like in terms of dating, they're probably, if it's not like a long-term or a constant toxic relationship, it's a lot of short, brief ones, maybe like a couple years at a time, a couple months at a time kind of deal. Just consistent toxic relationships around them. Um, I don't know why it's linked to toxic relationships, probably because toxic relationships enable these types of behaviors. And that's exactly what it is in the first place. But there could be something deeper to it but basically these types of people you know can't spend um time by themselves whether that's long term or short term you know even some you know lonely nights by yourself may seem like impossible to bear impossible to go through i know i've had times in my life that were like that as well um but even when you're spending you know a couple days or weeks without kind of having a meaningful conversation with someone around you things can get pretty lonely and when we get to that stage when we get a little bit uncomfortable with being alone, then, you know, there can be some dangers to that, obviously. Um, I'm not saying social isolation is good. In fact, that's probably one of the worst tortures we know um, in terms of breaking down the human psyche, but you do have to be comfortable being alone or spending some time by yourself. You know, some other traits of this type of person would be, you know, the fact that they're probably relying on others. Um, whether that's financially, physically, emotionally, whatever it could be, they're just kind of reliant on other people all the time. Uh, that's probably due to the fact that they're not taking care of the essential parts of their life um, and then trying to fill that void with somebody else, which I can get into in a little bit. Uh, and then a third quality about this person is they're probably very stagnant in their lifestyle. And what I mean by that is, you know, the problems that they're complaining about or the problems that you hear them talk about 
are the same problems that they have consistently in their life, um, whether that's you know in their relationship, financially, at work, whatever it is, they just kind of have the same problems all the time and then that just continues to perpetuate itself. A lot of the times they blame outside factors, other people, other things, things that could have happened to them, etc. But essentially it's just a failure to kind of identify problems and and then also be able to build a plan to solve them. Uh, if you struggle with that, then you're gonna have the same problems perpetually in your life. And like I said, if you can't figure out how to solve them by yourself, you're gonna be reliant on other people. And if you're reliant on other people, you're gonna be pretty uncomfortable, scared and anxious when you're by yourself. So it all kind of stems from the same stuff, but basically I'll kind of break through the three, I'll, I guess, break down the three things I think contribute to feeling like this. And then um, the things you can do to kind of alleviate this situation or this feeling from your life. So the first thing obviously I spoke about, which is, you know, they can't spend time by themselves. And so usually when someone can't spend time by themselves, it's because they haven't done it enough. They truly just haven't spent enough alone time, you know, by themselves, not being influenced by the people around them, the people that they love and care about and spend the most amount of time with. You know, we can all sit down and be reflective and understand that, you know, when we're around people, whether it be someone that we're dating in a relationship with, or whether it's our parents, our siblings, our friends, maybe coworkers, bosses, teammates, coaches, no matter who it is, when we're around people, they influence our behaviors, the way we think, the way we speak, the way we treat other people, the way we respond to challenges. You know, being around other people definitely influences the way that we are and who we are. And so, if you haven't spent enough time by yourself consistently, then most of the time you're going to be kind of emulating who your friends are, who your family members are. You know, we've all heard the quote saying that you are the sum of the five people that you spend the most amount of time with. So what, what do you think would happen if you started spending a little bit more time by yourself? You'd probably be a little bit more like yourself, right? Like it kind of makes sense. And the more time that we spend by ourselves, the more we actually start to discover what makes us happy as opposed to what makes the group happy. What makes us kind of scared or anxious? What fears we could have? What things get, I guess, exposed? What flaws could be exposed when we are by ourselves? You know, I think that the more that we're around these types of uncomfortabilities, um, the more familiar we get with them, the more we're able to identify them, the more that we're able to be a little bit more comfortable with them, which leads me to you know, the second thing, after you've spent a little bit of time by yourself, the second thing that you're gonna have to do is use that time wisely. When you are by yourself, use that time wisely and do that by being a little bit more introspective. And so there's a few things that obviously contribute to being introspective. These could be things like reading, journaling, speaking you know, about the things that you're struggling with, the things that stress you out. And so in terms of reading, what kind of books should you be reading? Well, I've released a couple episodes in terms of what books I'd recommend, what books I've read recently that helped me, but maybe you're not interested in the same things or maybe your problems are a little bit different than mine and so you may be interested in educating yourself on something different, by all means, go for it. But in terms of reading, I recommend you, know, you read something that's related to the struggle that you're going through, probably 
if it's something similar to what I'm describing, it's maybe being alone, um, how to use your time wisely when you are alone, how to be a little bit more productive, how to stop negative self-talk, maybe how to plan for success in your future, whether that's financially or emotionally, whatever it may be, right? Everyone's problem is gonna be different, so everyone's solution is gonna be different. But at the end of the day, I think being a little bit more introspective definitely has the necessity of reading, or I guess, reading is a necessity of being introspective because then you're introducing yourself consistently to new perspectives, new ideas, new ways of thinking and new solutions to the problems that, you know, you might have in your life or the, the struggles that you see your friends or loved ones going through. You might learn a new way to describe something for them so that they can properly understand it and then actually be able to fix their problem or identify it at the very least, you know, also, the more you read about these types of things, whatever struggles it is that you're going through, the more you understand that you're not alone. When you're reading about other people that have suffered from the same things you've suffered from or have gone through the same things you've gone through, then you subconsciously or consciously, if it's both, that's amazing, then you understand that you're not alone. You're not the only one that's ever dealt with something like this and life can and will get better for you, which is the exact same reason why I'm speaking about this right now. The other thing that I'd recommend, this is kind of like a bonus tip in terms of reading is I would try and look into different perspectives as well on your problem. And um, I kind of said that already, but I'll elaborate a little bit more, I guess, because when I first started reading, um, the main issues in my life, especially mentally and emotionally, were depression, uh, anxiety disorder, and problems with basically regulating my emotions, with how to respond to my emotions particularly anger. Um, it used to get the better of me. It still does get the better of me sometimes. You know, I'm a, I'm a guy in my 20s. It, uh, it tends to happen. But that being said, it's not an acceptable way to act. And, you know, being overwhelmed or being controlled by anger and not being able to, you know, be in control of your emotions is something that you do have to deal with. You have to be able to take responsibility for that, which is exactly what I'm trying to do on my journey, right? So when I first started reading about depression, anxiety, and, and kind of dealing with your emotions a little bit more productively, I started reading about it from so many different viewpoints. And what I mean by that is obviously there's the modern scientific approach, reading books by modern day psychologists and understanding the way that your brain changes and the neurological pathways and kind of, you know, how different things like sleep or nutrition will impact these, you know, hormones or your... I guess your emotional regulators. So you could look at it that way, but you could also look at it from maybe a philosophical or a spiritual standpoint. You could also read books about happiness from the standpoint of maybe stoicism or Buddhism or Taoism or you know any religion or spiritual text you wanna learn from. I think that just viewing your problem or your struggle in so many different perspectives and viewpoints is gonna help you out with, like I said, identifying it and then conquering it. You know, with reading, you're gonna hear the common excuses of, you know, I don't have time to read, I don't like reading, I'm not good at reading, I can't find a book that I like. And, you know, like many other things in life, there's gonna be a million excuses on why you can't do it, or you're gonna try and find just one reason to do it. Now, obviously, in terms of time, you understand, you probably waste your time in other areas of your life. Nobody, I don't think anybody uses their time 100% efficiently. And if you're telling yourself you do, then you've got a lot more ego problems, 
than just not being able to spend time alone. You have to understand that you have to make time for these things and it's very possible to make time for these things. Reading can really just be as simple as reading one or two, three pages a day and then building from there. But as long as you're doing it consistently, I think that there's major benefits to it. If you can't sit still for long enough, if you can't focus, then you probably just need to sit still and focus more often. This is a skill. This is not an ability you're born with. I've been diagnosed with ADHD since I was a little kid. And I mean, I'm sure that there's some sort of a spectrum and there's people that have it a lot worse than me, but I have been medicated for it. I'm not currently. Um, I think that that's due to the reason that I've forced myself to learn the skill of being able to sit down and focus on something. So some of the tactics I use for that are basically just going for a long, heavy, exhausting workout beforehand so that I just don't really have the energy to run around or move around and I'm, I'm bound to just sitting down and focusing on my book. Or I'll do it first thing in the morning. I do wake up pretty early at four o'clock, so it's pretty hard to have a ton of energy at that time as well. It's, it's a nice setting where no one else is awake. It's got some quiet time. Four o'clock in the morning is a perfect time to read in my eyes. It doesn't have to be four o'clock, obviously. You can wake up a little bit later, but I like four o'clock in the morning. I'm, you know, I wouldn't say enthusiastic about waking up at that time, but I don't really have much of an issue with it. That leads me into kind of like the second, the, the second step or the second part of being introspective. Um, this is just kind of in order in the ways that I kind of, I guess, introduce these things to my life. Um, the second one is journaling and so journaling is something that I didn't actually start doing either I, I guess I didn't say this before but I didn't really start reading until I was about 22 23 years old I'm 25 now maybe 26 by the time you're listening to this um, so yeah it's just something I just started doing recently uh, in terms of elementary school high school and the short stint that I had in college I didn't read much at all for fun. Well, I didn't read at all for fun and I didn't really read much educationally either. I uh, did spark notes and asked my classmates. So surprise, surprise, I'm a young guy who never read until he was about 23. Journaling was the, basically the exact same thing because I started journaling shortly after I started reading. Um, the way I started journaling was I had just quit a job. I was sitting in my office, bored as hell, serving out my last month there and uh, I was thinking about things I would do with all my free time. So I went and bought a notebook and just started jotting down like kind of skills I would want to learn or things I would do to kind of just use my time effectively. And then that kind of led me to writing down, I guess, who I wanted to be in the future. And I guess before I had to do that, I had to sit down and write down who I was now. So that forced me to kind of take a, a, a step back and look at my life and, um, so basically that's yeah how I started journaling. I was just basically wasting time on a job that I had already quit. And you know, this was a cool skill for me to learn because now I've I've stuck to it. It's been years since I started doing it and I've stuck to it. And there's no real specific way like I guess common excuses for not knowing or not journaling would be not knowing how to journal, not knowing what to write down. Excuse me. And um yeah, not, I guess same as the reading one, which is just not being able to sit still for a long period of time and actually focus long enough 
to write things down. So in terms of not knowing what to write down, you're going to write down whatever's bothering you in your head, whatever struggles you have going on in your life right now. Um, your ego is probably going to block out the real problems in your life by giving you fake problems in the beginning. So just literally do a brain dump and write down every little thing, even if it sounds or looks stupid to write down because no one's going to be reading it. It's just going to be you. You can burn the fucking book after if you want to. The point is to just dump your thoughts down so that you can actually read them and read them from a point of view and a perspective where you're not thinking about them in your head anymore. You're reading them as if they're someone else's writings or someone else's thoughts so you can have an emotionless look at them, an objective look at it, not subjective to your own feelings towards what you're writing down. You can write this down if you don't know how to journal. You can write this down in like kind of a, a checklist, a to-do list, things that you have to take care of or things you have to work on, things that you have to do. Or you can write this down in like kind of a dear diary story type of thing. Um, I find I change all the time. If I'm in a happy, productive mood, my journal entries are pretty short point form and just kind of to-do lists for myself so I can maintain whatever's making me feel good at the time. If I am in a rough patch in my life, then I'm writing quite a bit more most of the time, particularly writing things that I'm pissed off about, sad about, anxious about, things that I'm not happy about that I've done recently in the past or things that maybe I'm a little bit apprehensive about in the future. I'm writing a lot more when I'm uncomfortable, when I'm in a bad mood or when I just feel like something's off center in my life. Um, A lot of people, when they're asking me about starting a journal, they'll ask me about, you know, if they can use their phone for it, if they can just use the notes in their iPhone. And I mean, you can do that, but I prefer not to. I'd recommend, especially if you're not an avid journaler, to go out and buy a journal and use a pen and paper. The reason I say that is because A, phones are obviously a massive source of distractions. You're gonna get notifications, you're gonna have the temptations of social media, etc. Um, and the other thing is, is I find with a journal, it's a lot easier to go back and reflect and add on to notes, write things down, maybe write it in a different ink so you can see it's written at a different time. It's also cool because I have filled up about one and a half, actually no, two and a half journals now. So I can look back and read, you know, mine actually seem to end roughly, begin and end roughly at the beginning and end of the year. So my journals are typically about, you know, 2018, 2019, 2020. And then now I'm on, yeah, my third one. So the first one, anyways, you can go back and reflect on them and you have basically a log book of each year of your life if you can kind of do it the same way I'm describing. Um, and I just think that if you go out and spend money on a book and you have the pen and you have the book, it's going to be a lot more of like a call to action to actually follow through with, as opposed to just telling yourself you're going to start journaling in your notes, which you probably told yourself before if you've thought of journaling in the past and you probably still haven't done it. And so you should probably stop thinking that and just buy a fucking book and a pen and start writing shit down. So those are two of like the kind of main ones that I think are the most important. And then the third one would kind of just be, you know, taking care of the essentials in your life so that you're not reliant on other people all the time. This is going to make you a lot more comfortable with, you know, being by yourself when you're a little bit more self-reliant for obvious reasons. You're not going to be anxious when you're by yourself because 
you're gonna be a lot more capable and formidable and yeah you'll be a lot more comfortable by yourself and so taking care of the essentials in your life what does that look like well obviously we've talked about some of them today um, you know reading journaling but also how you keep your relationships in your life how you sleep what your nutrition looks like what your exercise plan looks like your discipline with money maybe your finances because those things can add to stressors or anxieties um, and then obviously your spiritual life and that does kind of sound a little bit like woo-woo shit but you do need to have some sort of uh, a spiritual I guess understanding uh, a why to what you're doing in your life something beyond yourself because this is gonna be the thing that kind of keeps you pushing through those hard times because at the end of the day in life sometimes as we all know you are gonna be fucking alone you are gonna have those dark times in your life where there won't be anyone to kind of be your hero there won't be anyone to kind of save you and so when you have a, a little bit more clear understanding spiritually of why you're doing what you're doing um, like I said this doesn't have to be attached to some religion this can be a like philosophical understanding of what you're doing but just an understanding beyond yourself of why you're doing what you're doing and taking care of the essential things in your life I'm not going to go on to explain uh, why exercise and nutrition and sleep and healthy relationships and uh, you know having discipline with finances is going to contribute to having a healthy mind and body I think we either already know all those benefits or you can ask me specific questions about that in you know the segment that I do on this podcast what would Mark do where you can send in these kind of clips of yourself asking these questions and I'll do my best to answer them the very best I can but that's pretty much it I hope that kind of clarifies a little bit more like what I'm trying to talk about and you know how I think you can kind of aid yourself if you're in this situation so I'll kind of just try and summarize one more time just so you guys can understand a little bit more you know if you're in the situation of being uncomfortable being alone or just yeah not being you know comfortable or happy or feeling safe or feeling all right with the idea of being alone if you're somebody like that like I've been in the past then you're going to have to start a spending more time by yourself B, using that time effectively and introspectively, looking inwards instead of outwards. And then C, taking care of all the essentials in your life. And then once you start to do all those things, you should be self-sufficient enough when you're doing them for a long enough time, such that you're not reliant on other people and then the relationships that you get into in the future are going to be way healthier and productive for you. Whew. That was a long one. I guess it's really not that long to just sit here and talk to yourself for 25 minutes, but sometimes it does, it does take a little while to dance around these ideas. So, so if you got you know, value from this, if you enjoyed this, if it gave you a new perspective, if you have your own perspective, I want you to share that with me in the comments below if you're listening to this on you know, Instagram or YouTube. And if you're just listening to the podcast version of this, I'd love it if you could just leave a review. Uh, it really does help me out. Just leave a review and tell me what you think. 
Um, and if you really enjoy this, if you really think that maybe someone that you know needs to hear this message, or if you just want to support the podcast and support what I'm gunning for, which is just letting everybody know that they're not alone. If you want to support all of that, then please do share this stuff with your friends, your family, your loved ones. And uh, like I said, it really helps me out. Other than that, thank you so much for those of you that do support the podcast. Thank you so much for all of you that guys that support me in my real life. It really does mean the world to me. You are the reason that I do what I do. That's you. Yes, you. So thank you so much. Much love and peace out.